Welcome back to The Perfect Fit Presents. I'm happy to have Mr. Joel Boer, friend from Clubhouse, a 10x partner also, I believe. Direct marketing is the way of the future, I believe, and we're going to learn why with Joel right now. Good morning. Thanks thanks for carving out some time for me. I know you're 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 on your way through town. This is a hotel setup. It's not your home studio and all that, so I appreciate your flexibility. Yeah. And I look forward to seeing for this news mattress franchise rollout. Is that going to be the first outlet for them outside of Pueblo? No, it's not actually. No, they actually have uh, four other locations, or no, three uh, uh, three other locations, and they got probably another twenty-five to thirty slated in the queue. So they're they're rolling fast. Right on. And First Direct Marketing is helping them with all the important stuff, I'm sure. First Direct. So where First Direct comes into play is we come into play helping them with uh, building the strategy, understanding the market better, and then executing the strategy on the data that we put together for them to help them to uh, grow and succeed in their business. Right on. I got one question I need to ask you, Joel. You're a sales professional. You're a marketing professional. I've, I've seen you in yep. action around different places, uh, you know, not the least of which is your, your Instagram stream on, in mine, and I appreciate your contributions to my life. i got to ask you, what was the most proud moment in your evolution from amateur to professional sales? If I were to look back, um, I would say one of the, one of the most memorable moments, uh, um, like just like some pivot points in sales, uh, there was a, a really, really big deal that I was working on with Assurant Group, which is a, an insurance company. So if you got a cell phone, you probably maybe have heard of Assurant Group and, and was working with, on that data licensing deal. You know, it was something that took, uh, took probably about three to four years to get to fruition, but uh, it's just, that was a pivot point. So it's not, not probably, uh, one of the most memorable deals that I've done, but definitely is one of those ones that along the journey, it was. It would uh, help me uh, help me kept, uh, keep alignment of where I wanted to go. So, what was the path to get to opening up first direct marketing? You know, it, I, I think it's only fair to say it's like the path of sales uh, started when I was a young kid. Uh, you know, if we we were we were raised, uh, we we didn't have much at all. We were we were low income. We were, uh, you know, there, there was not extra money for anything. So if me and my brother you know, wanted anything, we had to go earn the money to get it. So we, we started everything from a mowing business to curb painting business to snow shoveling to, you know, all, all those different types of activities. Badly teenage years, I started working for a telemarketing company. And, you know, this this thing sales, man, I, I, I loved it. I was, I was getting commissioned, right? I, was, I could increase what I was making per hour and I controlled what I earned. And so that opened the door of, of how can I, how can I go bigger? Right. And, and that was a, it was an exciting journey there. I, I, I worked on a number of different consumer projects on that in the telemarketing space from us West to sprint, to a um, number of others. But then I was on one program for Occidental Petroleum MC squared. It was a B2B program when natural gas got deregulated in the uh, Chicago and new England market. And I ended up getting flown at like 18 years of age, end up getting flown back and forth to Chicago to actually work in the street, you know, door to door 
in businesses selling natural gas, you know, uh, sign up. And so, I mean, I was, I was hooked. And that, that led me into where I'm at right now. Uh, be, just simply because when I got back, I had a, I had a good friend. He's like, he's like, Hey, let's go, uh, let's go work for American business information. Uh, that we'll be doing sales anyway. We'll, we'll be on the phone. We'll make more money though. And it's like, you know, you're, you're 18, 18, 19. What, what does it matter? Right. So, uh, you know, you know, that's, you know, making more money sounds good. Right. So I went over there. Uh, he's actually now my brother-in-law. So I ended up marrying his sister, my best friend. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, that was you know, well over, that was back in the, the mid nineties. And, uh, you know, from, from there, the, the rest is kind of history. I went from, ABI was a, a, a compiler of data, and then I went to work for brokers of data, and then in, in 2005 I started uh, First Direct. Wow, another fearless door-to-door salesman. You may know Barbara Majeski in the clubhouse. She was a fearless door-to-door knocker as well. And yep, it's I mean, however you can get it, the the some will, some won't. So what? I mean, you got to find your people. I, right. I strongly believe that that about 20% of the population would do business with me and only with me as long as I'm in business selling real estate, for example, but I got to find them. I you just got to get out and find them. And face to face is, is the fastest, surest connection for sure. Personal business is the most powerful. Yeah. But having said that, it doesn't scale. So to scale, right. we need guys like Joel at first direct. I, I really believe that, that there's been some shakeup uh, and a lot of noise gets created, and, and I'd like to get your perspective on what is third-party data and, and first-party data within your space and with respect to Google or Facebook and all the rest of those guys. What's the real plan of attack going forward? Right. Well, so first-party first data always means it's data that you created, that it's, it's your data, right? It's you, you own that data. Um, third-party data is any data that you're acquiring elsewhere, right? And it's not your data, and but you're using it. So I bought a list. Marketing. I bought a list, bought from, a list some... from some data broker like me. So that that could be third. That's third-party data. Now you can use third-party data to create, you know, create your first-party data, right? And and that's, you know, it, it's where the 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 big changes in the shakeup is because of misuse of data. Right. Data is a very, very powerful thing. Uh, just like, just like anything that man creates, if it's used the wrong way, it causes problems. Right. So, uh, data is the same way. There's always new ways though. At the end of the day, we're always still selling to people and we need to find ways to connect with people. And data is one of those powerful fuel uh, items that help in business to uh, connect with people and connect with people at scale. And also know more about how to connect, right? So if you, if you understand more about, hey, where your customers are, what similarities they have, or these prospects that have to your best customers, well, that helps you to target your marketing, be more efficient on spending your advertising dollar. And if you're more efficient on spending your advertising dollar, number one, the consumer, uh, whether it's on a, you're selling business programs or consumer programs or services or products, uh, the consumer has a much more enjoyable experience, frankly, when the, that message is relatable to them. It corresponds with them, right? So data is a pretty powerful thing. But as far as um, privacy and third-party data, those types of things, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in, the pri- in privacy. 
right? Uh, in, in recent uh, recent months, over the last couple of years, more and more states have rolled out privacy regulations regarding data, Colorado being one of them just recently, right? So they're, they're giving uh, the consumer the right to, to know more about what's going on and, and control their privacy. Now, that's all well and good, and I'm a big proponent of that because I think that that should be always respected. However, what a consumer always needs to understand is they are giving their data every time they turn it around, right? So this this little thing that we have that's our, our black box that we carry with us. Mm-hmm. You know, you want it to provide a certain feature for you. Well, the developer has every right to ask that in exchange for the feature, right? They want to give you want the feature. Uh, they want the data. Mm-hmm. And the data they're going to use in a few different ways. And if you don't like how they're going to use it, your only choice is simply this: find another app. Right. Shut it off. Yeah. Find another app. You know. So now some people may say, "Well, that's just not fair." But you know, if the roles were reversed, what would you want? Right. And if you were actually running the business, see the, the, the perspective. A lot of times, these laws get put into place is you have somebody that doesn't understand. Well, why is the data being captured? Why is it being used this way? What are the protection guards currently in place? How is it, you know, how is it being guarded? Is it really an impact? Where is the consumer, you know, aimlessly just, you know, submitting their data left and right? Sure. And it's got to, so it's got to, privacy has got to be a two-way street, and I have to manage the value proposition for myself. Do I open that app and give Google all my information, my locations, my movements, or whatever, for the ability to, uh, safely and efficiently navigate my way across town or or not right i can go i can still go buy a map i'm pretty it's, sure it's that simple yeah <laughs> if you don't if you don't want to use the map services right there there you go there it's mm-hmm. you know there there's some things it's like hey you know they're going to use it for adverts and they clearly out you know right now it's what's really nice here's what i think that that they've done nicely is like on ios and android is this much more clear to the consumer Hey, this ask is apping, you know, asking to uh, track your location, and it's going to be used for advertising purposes. Right. You want to allow it. You know, your choice. Right. That's right. How am I going to learn about stuff? So on the a la carte of options for marketing, as, as uh, I have said in the past, I'm going to keep championing them. In fact, I'm going to come up with a webinar. If you do not develop a personal brand, as a real estate agent, as an insurance agent, as a solopreneur, if you do right. not develop a personal brand in five to ten years, your business is going to be really, really in poor shape. If it's not today already, the right. Uh, well, that's. I, I don't think it's a it's a new thing that you need a personal brand, right? The 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 always the people that have accelerated have developed a brand, sure. both a business brand and a personal brand. Yeah. So um, let me let me expand that. You're 100 percent right. I mean, beyond having my face in the shopping cart at the grocery store. Right. I right. need I need to I need to be able to get in the bedroom at 10 o'clock at night whenever they're scrolling. You know, that's that's right. that's when my customers need to find me. Not because I want to be awakened at 10 o'clock in their bedroom. I'm not creepy like that. I'm not politics yet. Uh <laughs> But th- that's, you know, that's that's leverage and scale, right? Whenever I can have people uh, interacting, consuming my content at their convenience and, and not mine, right? Or, or not just right. that, 
once a week in the shopping cart basket or whatever. So we need to develop a personal brand. What are some tips that, uh, you know, wh- why is First Direct's opportunity for access to third-party lists or for targeted advertising? How does that differentiate from a Facebook ad or a Google pay-per-click thing? I, I appreciate that question. It's a solid question. So what, what First Direct does, we are a marketing agency. And we help companies identify the right data, insights, and solutions to empower their growth and success. And so what we do differently, so you can you can easily go to Facebook and just simply uh, boost a post or try to run an ad and use Facebook's data to do that. Where First Direct comes into play is we help clients more intelligently target their market. We're able to push in unique data to that's used for targeting. Um, you know, for example, you, you got a picture well, of Facebook a, is a pin and a diameter. That's all the targeting I get with Facebook. That's all it is. So, so let's, let's just use this as an example. It says like you're, you got that, that airport picture behind you, the ramp picture behind you. And, you know, let's just face it. Anybody that's sitting in those planes has money. If they're sitting in the planes, even the pilots, right? They can influence money. So if you, if you are somebody that's selling something, so like, let's say for instance, example, you are a real estate agent in a more remote area, but all the time you got planes like this coming in and out. All the time. Well, what do you think they're full of? They're full of probably business owners that are, that are either on their pit stop on the way through the country, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, for, for some other reason. Well, if you want to move real estate in your area, they need to know who you are. It's that simple. And so, for example, we can use big data technologies uh, that help us create geoframes on that ramp. And we can pull historical data of the devices that were sitting in those planes if they've given their permission. Right. This is where privacy is, is, is great. If, if they haven't, then we're not going to see them. Um, but if they've given their permission and they're active on their phone and that geolocation pops them right there, we can grab that audience. So simply put, just think of it like, uh, uh, you know, we're putting them in the bucket of, of the audience that now you're going to use on Facebook. So now you're only going to serve ads to anything that's in this bucket, nothing else. All the other noise you're not going to spend the money on. It's going to, it's going to do that. So that's how we help clients target more intelligently. Mm-hmm. and use their budgets more efficiently when you're using data. So we always start with a client. We always start with data first. Data first. We want to understand the audience, and we want to help them to understand that audience better as well. So the big changes I think that are are, are really going to impact personal branding here too is, number one, yeah, you got to have it. Um, you do have to develop a brand. What are you known for? It's got to be really concise. And then, I mean, you need to shout it from the rooftops because if your, if your brand is that powerful, right, or you believe it's that powerful, then everyone should know about it. Or definitely first, your audience that can buy from you should know about it. And, and if you use data the right way, man, they're going to feel like you're everywhere, right? You're right. going to, you're, you're popping on their Facebook, you're popping on the Insta, you're popping on the LinkedIn, you're popping on, you mm-hmm. know, all those different places. So if you use data the right way, um, it can be very, very impactful. Uh, what's going to change, I think, for a lot of, of businesses and entrepreneurs is just there's more noise. With technology, 
more opportunities uh, to create noise are easier now. So more people are making noise. Now you have to fight more against it to get the noise out. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas, you know, for example, uh, driving down the interstate, you see billboards. Billboards used to be, uh, you know, a, 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 a paper, right? They had to put new paper up. If the billboard was going to change, they had mm-hmm. to get men out there, change the billboard. That takes time, right? It was also limited real estate. Yeah. Right? You had less opportunity for noise. Right. Not oh. that many, right? Right. So, so now, though, if you think about it, right, is now with the digital billboards, for example, just using that as an example, if you have your face on the billboard in the next, the very next day, I can have my face there and all it takes is a little bit of programming. Right. And done. So, so now you got to be willing to fight against that, you know, and buy that inventory. And that, that inventory does cost money. So, you know, when, when companies do get started, it's like you gotta, you gotta be willing to invest in developing that brand. Let's dip into cost just a little bit. What are the major hurdles? So I do believe 100% that if you can establish a cost per customer identified and it pencils out, then why don't you just spend as much as you possibly can and get all the customers? Well, so so a lot of times what we encounter, too, is is you have somebody that says, well, okay, well, the cost per acquisition is, is, is X, but the, what they're looking at is only the first sale. Mm-hmm. Right. So some of the things to keep in mind would be, you know, if, if, for example, in real estate, you're looking for that person that's ready to do a five million dollar deal. You know, like that's that's all I want. I want those people. Right. OK. Yeah, that's that's a scarcity mindset. I'm an abundance. I mean, I did I did do a, a Facebook focused thing last year. And I've looked at all the numbers, the cost of setting up the software with the CRM, the cost of the the interface between the ad manager, which I hate, and Facebook, it's the worst software on earth, uh, and then the ad spend on a monthly basis as I as I had throttled it. And I know how much it cost. And, and looking at all of the deals that I did over the last year, right, that was probably, that was, that accomplished probably 80% of my sales last year. So right. I do understand how the math works. I do understand that when I when I spend more money, I can get more uh, customers acquired. Right. Uh, help me help me over the fear of going direct. Right. So so in marketing, right? Marketing, there's all these different things. Some of these tools have been around since the the longest of time, right? And some of them are more are more recent tools. Digital advertising is a more recent tool, right? For for acquiring customers. Before that, email marketing. Before that, SM, you know, uh, uh, fax broadcasting, right? Those types of things, and direct mail. And it's been a, it's been a mainstay. Well, now fax broadcasting is kind of out. I don't see that as a as a comeback at all because fax machines are kind of dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all of these different things are simply tools in a toolbox, if you think about it, right? So that you you can get them to work in concert together. You can actually increase the overall value of your of your prospect. Uh, you're going to increase what they spend with you. If you're a brick and mortar store, uh, you will increase what they spend with you. If you're touching them on, on digital ads here, as well as you're hitting them in your mailbox. And then you're also touching them with email and those types of things. You're going to increase your actual return on return on ad spend. They're going to spend more with you, um, have a, high, a happier experience, all those different things. So um, the and first the, direct, 
at first direct you all, you guys, you got how many of those facets or aspects are you hitting? Are you hitting right. all of them? So, so yeah, first direct as an, as a marketing agency, we help companies develop a complete omni-channel strategy because data is at the center of what we're doing. We can help them bridge from direct mail to digital to TV to all those different, you know, those positions. And that's, that's important. However, one, one thing to get back to real quick as far as lead acquisition is a lot of times, you know, if, if you're trying to sell, I'm using the phone as a good example, you know, this is a, you know, what, 12, 12 to $1,400 product, right? The more zeros you add, the more it's going to cost to acquire that, that particular lead. So if, if for some reason now, obviously, you know, I wouldn't have bought the AirPods if I hadn't have bought the iPhone, those types of things. And, and so there's, there's a few things to think about for business owners when they're doing marketing, right? Is, is there a, a lead magnet, something I can get them to get ahead of time that they would, they would grab as their part of their journey to buy the more expensive product? And I want them to buy the more expensive product, yes. But if I could nurture the person that bought this into buying that, right, that lead acquisition is going to be lower most likely for this, right? So it's a lot of times it's, it's we got to pause. So any, anybody that's an entrepreneur, a business owner, whatever, think about who your customers are and what their journey is coming to you. Like what were the decisions they were making that made them eventually buy your product or service? Makes perfect sense. I'm tracking. So, uh, unfortunately, that, that particular example, you don't buy the ear pods if you don't have something to use them with. But that, that's true. But that's true. What you're saying is actually it's, it's more appropriate than the iPhone example that you but, can get them in on some pain point. Then, then that will add your your no like and trustability, and then you can move on to bigger and better things like uh, well, it, let's, it's let's not go just buy that, that wrench. Well, it's not just that. It's this. Okay. Companies, when companies get bought, they don't get bought typically for always the product or service that they're being, that they're producing. They get bought for their list. If, for example, as a real estate agent, what you're trying to get is more people to buy homes from you. Well, are majority of those a year or two ago, were they renters, apartment renters, right? All right. Advertise to the apartment renters. There's more of them. Right. Start the journey early so that they know who you are and give them something that they will exchange their name and their email or their phone number for. Now nurture that list like right. that's, that's that's what we're talking about. So it's, you know, then they'll be willing or able if they were, uh, for example, living in in the apartment complex A versus B, which was more high end. Right. The A was more high end. You know, and you're trying to sell high-end houses. Well, those high-end renters typically might migrate to the high-end houses, right? So advertise to those people. My real estate market could shift this Friday night with some action that happens uh, in a bar room in Washington D.C., right? I just, yeah. you know, or or Wall Street. They they could just turn our world upside down this yeah. Friday night. So you need to be always thinking for sure. Right. Before we wrap up our main segment here, I really appreciate the insights and the, and the knowledge and skills. You have uh, a cafe list of all sorts of data. You can bring it all together in one stop. You guys, do you guys do, uh, do creative as well as yep. pulling data together and spraying it out across the airwaves? 
Absolutely. So again, the main areas that we help clients with is is the data side. So understanding the could be as simple as you need a list, right? You need a list to make some phone calls. Mm -hmm. uh, the insights to understand more about your market and your existing clients, and then execution. So that includes creative services, print and mail, digital, uh, all of those different services, all in one. Okay. And you guys are headquartered in uh, Nebraska. So does that mean like the all the costs for all your services are not like uh New York City or Philadelphia lawyers. Well, you know what? We we uh we charge appropriate fair value for the services we render. Right on. If it wasn't going to be worth it, you wouldn't spend the money with us. Amen to that. So, Joel, you can find on the internet joelbird.com. There we go. I just I just heard you as a visitor pop on my site. What's your Instagram handle, Joel? Uh, my Instagram handle is joel.boer, but if, if they go to firstdirectmarketing.com, they're going to find all of the different ways to also follow us and uh, uh, sign up for our, our Vibe newsletter. Uh, we, uh, we, we put out a lot of good content to help business owners make decisions, learn about marketing, be empowered, get something that's, that's beneficial that they can put into action and understand more about how to grow and scale their business. That's awesome. I really appreciate you carving out time for me this week in your schedule. I look forward to seeing you guys over at the Snooze Grand Opening. And uh awesome. 10X, man. Absolutely. Come come get pressure mapped. That yeah, you know, definitely come get pressure mapped and and get the perfect sleep going. I'm orphaning stress and drama, so I have no pressure. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. For anybody that hangs out further, Joel and I are going to roll into an after party. I'm going to ask him about general aviation and maybe some top secret stuff that he's doing for uh, for real estate uh, uh, in his data land. So thanks again, Joel. I really appreciate you. look forward to seeing you soon. You bet. We're going to roll into the after party now. Uh, as I said earlier, I will chop this up. Tell me about Captain Joel. I've I've seen you in the light aircraft. When did you start flying? What are you flying? When you say captain, I mean, I mean, there, I, there's, there's, I, I could, I could be called a captain in two different ways. That I'm, I'm a certified boat captain too. Um, oh, right on. So I just got that here actually in the last six months. But no, um, just, just for general aviation, I'm a private pilot. So uh, the, the planes I fly right now are, are uh, Piper Arrows and Cessnas. So it's, it's mainly, you know, a single engine land. Yep, single engine land. That's all I'm rated for right now. So still got to work on getting the instrument rating, but uh, it's uh, you know what I've, I've been I've been focused on business scale and those types of things lately. So that's kind of taken a little bit out of my my flying time. Sure. Well, hopefully you'll get a lot more flying time soon. Your business yeah, is going to be ramping up because we need you. We need we need your data. We need your data. Right. So. Uh, so that's that. You had mentioned to me the other day that you've got a top secret uh, realtor program you're trying to put together. Can you share any insights with me on that? Well, it's, it's whenever I make uh, applications, it's not always for just one specific industry. So we're working on some tools that will be beneficial for real, the real estate market as well as many other markets, right? And it's just simply, it's, again, access to data in such a way that is going to help you grow and succeed, right? So... Um, it's, uh, it's trying to figure out, you know, Hey, what's a better, you know, there might be many different tools out there, but just because somebody else already has a tool out there doesn't mean I can't make a tool that 
that people would, you know, want to use because of something I do differently in it. So sure. we're just, we're just, we're trying to incorporate, um, uh, the, the surgence of AI into, into the process and, uh, make it so that it's, uh, it's something that again helps businesses grow and succeed. That's our mission for First Direct is to, to do that for a hundred thousand businesses. And I can't do that if I don't continually try to look for ways to help them do it. So where does, where does AI fit into, uh, into the marketing campaigns? Is it, uh, automated email responses or is it, is it better use of the data sets that you actually have on board that Facebook and, and Google will not give me access to for pay-per-click? Well, so, I mean, AI fits into a, a number of different areas in marketing. You know, there's, there's artificial intelligence that's used for bidding engines when we serve display ads. Um, to, you know, if, if, it, if it was looking at you and I as an opportunity to serve an ad to, it's going to try to identify which one of us is more likely to take a, the action desired, that is to click or watch a video all the way through. And so instead of serving it to both of us, it's going to serve it to the one that's most likely um, to, to actually respond to that. So that's where that's where artificial intelligence is, you know, definitely feeding into uh, the, uh, the, the, the marketing space or the data space in, in that regards too, but also to identifying patterns and behaviors, you know, the, the, the models to identify someone's behavioral pattern is much, much more, uh, much more exact than it was years ago with some of the segmentation products that were available in the eighties and nineties. Is that, uh, off the shelf software or is that stuff that you're proprietarily developing for yourself? Um, the, so the stuff that we're developing, it'd be, it's a hundred percent proprietary that we're developing. Right on. Well, most, so, many, many, many people, I think, think, uh, when they hear AI now, they're all, I mean, I don't know how many different ways we'll be able to, yeah. to access chat GPT, but it seems like, uh, there's a new one or two every day being marketed as, oh, I got it. We're partnered with OpenAI. Well, who the hell is not partnered with a OpenAI that has AI anywhere in there? Yeah, what they're doing is they're they're just writing off of the the current hype. That's it. So some of the, some of these folks are not making you know it, all it is is a um, the OpenAI with just one small tweak as a preset, right? Mm -hmm. As a preset parameter for the interaction, and that's all it's doing. Right. You know, so you know you know, but hey, that one little small tweak. It could be very valuable, right? Um, and there, there's also ways for companies to develop some of their own machine learning and um, their own models. Mm -hmm. And so that's definitely something that uh, that businesses will will benefit from more and more. Uh, is it something that's going to dynamically affect the marketplace? I think it I think it'll affect it pretty strongly. Um, however, at the same time, um, I think I think over fretting about it. Is, is also not productive, you know, so. Yeah, so, fear nothing, fear nothing. The, the sun you know. still rose this morning, you know, it came out of the, out of the, out of the right side this morning. It so, did, it definitely did, yeah, and, and we're, we're all okay. God in the universe has far more to do with my future than, uh, than, than anything man's going to get. I'm pledged to have a renaissance instead of a recession, so I'm going to skip this recession. There you go. That's there my plan. And it's, you know, it's, it's not like it was a lot less work last year, but 
I I avoided the recession last year, so you know, that's the way it is. Yeah. Right on. Any uh any you can choose to not participate. Simple as that. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and not fret about it. Fear, uh, fear or faith, I believe, are mutually exclusive. Well, fear, you, you can't know, fear live in, you can't live in fear. Fear should right. make you move, act. Fear, fear is you know false expectations appearing real, right? Yeah. So feeling uh, excited and ready. Oh, I've I've never heard of that one. Feeling excited and ready. That would be the more appropriate angle of fear, right? Right. It should move you to. It should. It should. It should provoke action. Yeah. Get out of the fire. Get off the stove. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, it's 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 one of those things. Like a, a lot of times, I'll, I'll ask myself, like, "Hey, how does this make me feel?" And if it makes me feel like I, I want to hesitate, but I know it's not bad, but I want to hesitate. Hmm. Right. That's when I usually know it's something I need to lean into. Yeah. So right on. Well, it's been fun. I want to ask you: Is there any uh, any topics that you that you'd like to to end on that uh, we haven't got into, or something we didn't get in deep enough? Oh man, well, there's there's tons of topics that we can go into. I mean, I mean, it's uh, what's um, what's on your what's on your heart this morning that you need to get out? Oh man, it's. Uh, Right now, it's just it's just simply the uh, the uh, the necessity of a business owner to always pivot, right? Yeah. And and that's that's the, that's the main thing. I think that's the that's the true thing, no matter what, right? You always have variables that you could don't expect. You have things you have to adapt with. You know, uh, communication is a critical thing within that whole chain of things, especially when working with clients, because you you know as a as a business owner, you, you if you have employees. Uh, you depend upon those employees that providing the final deliverables for clients. And when when unforeseen occurrences, so the scriptures talk about unforeseen occurrences befall us all. Uh, when those unforeseen occurrences befall, it's like the only way that we can offset off of that is by making sure that uh, uh, we communicate. You know, communication is is a, a big problem solver. Yeah. So if we can solve the problem, man, it's it's. Uh, that's that's how you handle it. So yeah, and, that's, and number that's number that's probably second only to that, Joel. I believe is uh, I believe in radical responsibility, and radical responsibility is not jumping up and say I apologize and and then go on about my life like the the political perspective is on apologies. But yeah. radical responsibility is I'm going to take responsibility for fixing this current situation, no matter what it is and who caused it. Right. So. I think there's I think there's an importance there, you know, when, when we talk about taking responsibility, there is an importance there of taking responsibility and moving on, right? Um, sometimes uh, we fix as it. human, well, we'll fix, fix it. it. Sometimes sometimes there's no fixing that one thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Sometimes the fix, if we if we really want to get down to it, sometimes the fix is frankly that that person needs to acknowledge they screwed up. That's it, and apologize. Genuinely. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I, I wouldn't even insinuate that the beatings will continue until morale improves. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or, well, or, or actually, quality, or quality reaches 100%. <laughs> actually, hey, the, the, the beatings, by the way, that phrase is not a, uh, that's a sailing phrase, just as a side note. If you research it, that, I believe it. It's a I sailing believe. phrase. It's, a, it's, you're beating the wind. The beatings yeah. will, to, you know, yeah, there you go. Anyway, um, so, 
you know, but actually that's an interesting topic though, Ed, just in general though, because a lot of times we as human beings want to freeze other people in time, right? Uh-huh. So, you know, I, I say one thing and you take what I said a certain way, but it's not what I meant. However, you never let me explain it further mm-hmm. or prove different. Otherwise, you still have it locked in your head. Well, sure. That- based on my, based on my experiences, I create a frame for that notion yeah, exactly, uh, exactly right so so a lot of times you know uh you know you, you spoke at the opening you know we we talked with uh, we were we were both on clubhouse and stuff like that i think that's how we met even too mm-hmm. but um in, in in clubhouse you have people that'll sit there and say this that or the other about somebody and they will lock that in time right and mm-hmm. you see how not, not just clubhouse but you see how on any other any other interaction with human beings, like when we do that, we don't allow for progress. You know, we're expecting perfection out of somebody mm-hmm. when we wouldn't expect them to expect the same out of us. Not a single one of us are perfect yet. And nor will we be. It kind of frustrates Donna, my wife, from time to time. But for a long time, I have uh, abdicated from being responsible for my adult children. It's like God has put them on a path, and it's not my place to, to make them do what path I want for them. It's we're all on our own mission. Every one of us walking the planet. We're perfect in our own way. We're all works in progress forever. Uh, you know, only the good die young. So I'll be around for a minute. There you go. There you go. You I really appreciate that. you, brother. And I look forward to, to seeing you later. Sounds this good. Afternoon. We'll see you later this afternoon.